0: we <laughs> Hello and welcome to our weekly Bible in the News podcast. We continue to watch Saudi Arabia with interest in light of Bible prophecy. You may remember some months ago it was reported that Saudi Arabia had opened their airspace to Israeli planes. Well, things seem to be continuing to progress along those lines. The last month has been positive for Saudi Arabia. Argentina, stunned by Saudi Arabia... And one of the biggest World Cup upsets was the news on November 22nd. Now, FIFA World Cup is not particularly something related to Bible prophecy, but perhaps a sign of Saudi Arabia's growing influence and success. Uh, Perhaps more significant, on the 18th of November, it was reported that the U.S. was backing immunity uh, for the Saudi leader, in a lawsuit over the Khashoggi murder uh, reported by the New York Times. This was really surprising, actually, to see this under the Biden administration, given all the rhetoric that uh, we've heard over the last couple of years, but perhaps shows a willingness to work with Saudi Arabia on the part of the United States. On the 6th of December, it was reported by i24 news that the saudis say normalization with israel a matter of time wow this is something we have been waiting for and watching for so we continue to look to see where that's going to go it was also reported um, the next day that The Saudis had a bumper budget surplus, first in nearly a decade, from Barron's news. So Saudi Arabia then seemed to be in a strong position to do business with its partners, which fits into what we see is the uh, prosperous atmosphere in Ezekiel 38. We'll talk more about that in a moment. And then on the 9th of December, it was reported in the Business Standard that Saudi Arabia gathers China's Z with Arab leaders in a new era of ties. And we'll wait and see where that goes, but um, it could be that China's deals with Saudi Arabia may push the United States to overcome its reticence to work with the Saudis, as we saw with the, um, the, the court case and facilitate a new round of deal-making between the two countries as well as with Israel. We can see conditions developing as we look at this, which may support increasing friendship with Israel, which is what we expect. So out of all this, the most interesting for us is the Saudis talking about normalization with Israel just being, quote, a matter of time. Let's listen to the reports on this from Israel's I-24 News. We
1: open today with an exclusive report now from I-24 News as we've learned that the Saudi foreign minister met in recent weeks with American Jewish community officials in Washington where he delivered messages regarding future relations with Israel. Now getting to the point, this top Saudi official was quoted saying, quote, the direction of Saudi-Israeli relations is normalization. But it will take more time. Close quote. Again, these are the exclusive reports coming our way. And to shed more light on that and flesh it out a bit, we're joined in the studio by I-24 News correspondent Guy Osriel. Thanks for being with us, Guy. Um, so as was exposed to I-24 News here. The Saudis presenting a list of demands essentially in exchange for progress, I think is the way it was sort of framed um, in terms of relations with Israel. A lot of it fixated on Washington, right? I mean, this sort of seems to be, we getting a bit of a glimpse perhaps in the priorities of the Saudis right now. Right, David, we're talking about uh, Adil al Jubair. He's the Saudi Minister of State in the foreign uh, ministry, no longer the right. foreign okay. minister. A mm-hmm. lot of elements uh, in this story. We'll try to break it down for our viewers. First of all, Saudi Arabia, I think uh, the most influential and powerful uh, country in the Gulf region. Yeah, and of course, is the sort of gatekeeper of, of normalization. In the region with this. Of course, that is the top priority of Israel when it comes to any normalization agreement. Saudi set the rules uh, when it comes to that region, and the ideal situation is that one day Israel will be able yeah. to normalize ties with Saudi Arabia. That is a very tough task, obviously. And there are so many different elements uh, involved here when Israel wants to reach yeah. that final solution. Many of them web. Yeah. are not yeah. even related to Israel at all. And this is where the complexity of the situation uh, comes in.
0: Considering the complexity that he's speaking of here, this may take some time, maybe one to two years. We'll have to wait and see. It could require a change in um, the U.S. presidency before it finally comes together. Um, we, we just don't know. But with an imminent change of government in Israel, likely with Netanyahu back as prime minister and perhaps a shift in the U.S. in the future, conditions for Saudi Arabia joining the Abraham Accords could easily develop, so that'll be interesting to watch. Another clip from I-24 News explains what is behind this in more detail.
2: Again, I think there are two different arguments here. There's a kind of a salad but I I have a feeling the Saudis might be tossing it on purpose. One is the message from Adel Jubeir in the meeting with American Jewish leaders, where he basically says, listen, there's going to be normalization. Give us time, there's public opposition, we need to go slow. Trust us, stay on side with us, don't come out and criticize us. Trust us that we're moving this forward, it's just a matter of time. That's one argument. The other argument, The argument from Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman in Riyadh to the delegation from the Washington Institute, where he basically said, this is all about what the Americans give us. As soon as the United States (laughs) gives us those three things that we want, we are ready to go forward. I think if you try to put the two arguments together because they're separate, they're distinct, but I think they do make sense together. What Aldel Jaber is saying, this is going to take time. What MBS is saying, it is set to take time, but the timeline can be shortened if the Americans give us what they want. And in terms of those three demands, Kalev, what's being talked about here, at least from the Saudis being pitched is a kind of three-way deal, right? Between Saudi Arabia, Israel, and the United States. And a three-way deal like that needs to be a win-win-win. It's clearly would be a win for Israel to get normalization, to say the least. Would clearly be a win for the Saudis if they get these three deliverables from the United States or these three these three points from the United States, but would it be a win for Washington? These are three big asks from the Saudis, or at least two of the three are big asks, right? Treating it as a NATO ally or as an equivalent of a NATO ally in weapon sales, this issue of Ukraine of uranium, these are big asks from Washington. I I think there are a lot of people in Washington will be scratching their heads saying, what do we get out of this? And there is enough in it for us on the terms the Saudis are offering. Again, that doesn't mean the negotiations have to end, but this is a starting point. I bet they're not a finishing point. I suspect what the Saudis will have to offer the US in return is, again, their commitment to the US alliance, the way the US is committing to the Saudis and the war in Ukraine and oil prices and other issues.
0: We can see from this the mutual interests shaping up. And although are not mentioned in the interview, it's clear that the Americans need Saudi Arabia both for oil and also to counter the influence of Iran. According to the reports, the kingdom's three main demands from Washington prior to joining the so-called Abraham Accords peace deal include a formalized U.S.-Saudi alliance, an equivalent amount of U.S. weapons procurement, to being in the NATO alliance, and approval of a small Saudi civil nuclear power program. The Jerusalem Post reported that according to um, the reports, these demands did not include anything about the Palestinian conflict or requests for Israel. Rather, they hinged entirely on the U.S. specifically affirming a U.S.-Saudi alliance, proper weapons supplies to the kingdom as if it were a NATO country and allowing Riyadh to have a restricted civil nuclear program, quote. Despite all the attacks that are brought against Israel's so-called extreme right-wing government that Netanyahu is accused of bringing together, something like the Taliban, it is also interesting to note that this time, the Saudis made no specific mention of the Palestinians in their conditions. So watch this space. Let's turn to our Bibles to ensure we have a clear picture of the significance of these developments. In Ezekiel 38, a prophecy about the latter days, um, looking at verse 8 and 16, when a massive invasion from the far north will come against God's people Israel, Restored to their ancient land. An alliance is described which will challenge this invader. We read, Sheba and Dedan and the merchants of Tarshish and all its young lions shall say to you, Have you come to take a spoil? Have you gathered your assembly to steal a prize, to carry away silver and gold, to take away livestock and goods, to spoil a great spoil? So we see here a a wealthy alliance of nations involving Sheba and Dedan. And we've covered it at other times, so we won't go into it here. But we believe that Tarshish and its young lions refers to um, Britain and the Commonwealth nations, including the United States historically. Although some of these names may be ancient, it's clear from the context of this and similar prophecies that these powers have a future application. Biblical Sheba is described by Britannica as follows. Saba, biblically Sheba, kingdom or pre-Islamic southwestern Arabia, frequently mentioned in the Bible, notably in the story of King Solomon and the Queen of Sheba, and variously cited by ancient Assyrian, Greek, and Roman writers from about the 8th century BC to about the 5th century AD. Its capital, at least in the middle period, was Merib, which lies 75 miles, 120 kilometers, east of present-day Sana in Yemen. So that's the um, comment on Saba Ancient Kingdom Arabia from 2016 in Britannica. We read in Isaiah 21, verse 13, about the Dedanim, and it indicates that they will lodge in Arabia, the area of present day Saudi Arabia. Sheba and Dedan are, indent- are identified then with Saudi Arabia and the other southern Gulf states, an area where several countries have warming ties with Israel. So, what we are seeing with a prospering Arabia, in increasing cooperation with Israel, as we've seen in the Abraham Accords, is the atmosphere that we expect to develop as the fulfillment of Ezekiel 38 comes ever closer. We live in exciting times, don't we? And we will continue to watch how events unfold in the future. There may yet be some unexpected twists and turns, but we have a clear picture of where things are going, and what the final state will be when the Gogian alliance comes against Israel and Saudi Arabia stands with the friends of Israel against that northern foe. Whatever current appearances might be, this is the picture we expect to develop from Bible prophecy, and we have been looking for, and it's exciting to see it continue to take shape. This is another signpost that gives us hope as we wait for the kingdom of God. So we watch and we continue to wait for the return of Christ, encouraged that this time is near. This has been Daniel Billington with you this week, and we invite you to tune in again next week for further commentary on how current events relate to Bible prophecy.